I just want to really believe um, this is the only message that the Holy Spirit was very specific with me on. And so I, I tried to get out of this, okay? But I felt like the Lord said, no, you will speak on this. So the other messages I spoke covered about five of the 42 chapters. This one covers about one or two. But still, I, I, I didn't come all the way here to just bring you a message. I came here to see your life change forever. But that, that can't just happen because of me. That's got to happen because you're hungry for it. So I want to ask you a question. I don't want you to lie. Not in the presence of God. Do you believe your life can be changed in one service? Can I see a show of hands? Do you really believe that? Put your hand up. Then put the other hand up. And let's ask because we don't have, because we don't ask. And I could be the best communicator on the planet, but if the Holy Spirit doesn't anoint these words, we're just getting information. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of being your children. You could have called us slaves. We would have been so much better off than where we were. But you've called us sons and daughters. Today I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that the authority of the kingdom would manifest in here. I'm asking that King Jesus would manifest his presence by you, Spirit of God, and that every single person under the sound of my voice, including me, that we would be changed forever and ever, that we would go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, for I decree, your kingdom has come, your will shall be done. In this place on earth as it is in heaven, for this we give you all the glory, the honor, the praise, and the thanksgiving. And it's in Jesus' mighty, wonderful, majestic, holy, awesome, magnificent name we pray. And everybody that agrees shouts. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. There is a deep, deep burden in my heart that I'm carrying that I know a lot of other people are carrying. And that burden is this, is how many people are walking away from the faith? Barnett did a very in-depth study, and in 20 years, the last basically 23 years, over 40 million people have walked away from the faith. Over 40 million. Okay? And half of those 40 million have gone from being practicing Christians to confess spiritualists and atheists and agnostics. We have got an epidemic. Now, 2 Thessalonians tells us in chapter 2, verse 3, that in the last days, before the man of sin is revealed, there's going to be a great departure from the faith. There's going to be many that fall away from the faith. Of once, professing Christians are going to walk away. We're losing over a million young people to the Lord. Now, here's what I think is really cool. The Bible doesn't say that they're not going to come back. And just as John the Baptist was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, I believe there is a calling, a mantle coming upon the church, that we're going to be sent to the lost sheep in the church. Because it is my passion. When you think about 40 million, over 40 million, population of America is 332 million. That means one in every 10 Americans, not one in every 10 people in church, one in every 10 Americans. You're looking at somebody that's walked away from the faith. I know my sisters, when they went to school, and that was 40 years ago, they were both believers. One came back and got married by Wiccans. The other one came back and got married by a new age witch. Okay, so, you know, I, we saw it. Now, thank God they're both serving Jesus passionately. Again, they came back. Amen. But the question we need to ask is this. Did these, why are we losing so many? Why are we losing so many right now? Or maybe the better question should be, did they ever possess a genuine, everybody say genuine, faith? That's the real question. Did they ever possess a genuine faith? In other words, did they have a professed relationship with Jesus Christ that actually didn't exist? Now, in order to really dive into this, 
and I'm going to show you that I believe this to be true. I'm going to look at the Corinthian church because if there's any church in the New Testament that's like the American church, it's the Corinthian church. They believed in the gifts of the Spirit. They had a strong profession of Jesus, but they had issues, okay? And so Paul the Apostle makes this statement to the Corinthian church. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, 2, it is the good news that saves you. Can you say amen to that? Unless, unless... Of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. Now, you have to remember, this church had illustrious teachers coming through. A bunch of the big who's who in the Christian circuit was coming through. That's what Paul was talking about with them constantly. And so this is why he says to them, unless you believe something that was never really true in the first place. Well, In the Amplified Bible, he said, unless you believed at first without effect. So what I did is I took the liberty of taking the two translations and I put them together. And this is what Paul is saying to these guys. Unless you believe something that was never true in the first place, therefore it had no effect. Are you with me? So in other words, what did they believe? What did these people believe that didn't have an effect on their lives? That's the question. Well, Paul said to them again in the second book of Corinthians, I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. We're going to ignore that statement for right now. We're going to come back to it. I shouldn't say ignore. We're going to put a pin in that statement. He goes on to say, you happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach. Now, notice he doesn't say a different God than the one we preached. He specifically said, these teachers are preaching a different Jesus. Now you have to understand, Jesus is invisible. You can make him however you want to. I remember when I went to Hawaii to do a conference and I arrived, it's a very, very big hotel there on the big island. I think it was Hilton Waikoloa. I call it Hilton Waikoloa because it's so big. (laughs) Anyway, I remember I was there and um, my room wasn't ready, so what do I do? I'm like, hey man, I've been on a plane for eight hours. So I go sit out in the pool, I'm under the umbrella, and it just so happens there's a lady, a business lady, sitting in the chair beside me, and she's doing the same thing because her room's not ready. I'm there for one conference, I'm there for a business person's conference, she's there for another conference. So I get to talking with this lady, and as we talk, I find out she's at that conference, I'm at this conference, and she finds out that I am a minister of the gospel. Well, when she found out I was a minister of gospel, she started telling me all about Jesus. And within 60 seconds, I knew, okay, this lady does not know the Jesus that sits at the right hand of God the Father. So she's giving me her illustrious belief of who Jesus is. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, I need help like right now. And so he gave me an idea. She's finished and it's kind of like my turn to talk. So I said, hey, hey, do you see that guy sitting across the pool right over there in that chair? And I pointed at him and she's kind of a little surprised. Where am I going? Why did I change the subject so much after my great discourse on my Jesus? And I said, do you see that guy sitting over there? She said, yeah, yeah. I said, his name is Mark. And I said, he's an excellent swimmer. In fact, he's trained to be on the United States Olympic team. And I said, he's a strict vegan. I mean, the guy will not even eat anything made with eyes. So he won't even eat honey. I said, can you believe it? And I said, but he he works out, he swims three hours a day. And I said, he is engaged. You see the hot tub over there? See that girl sitting over there? Her name is Sarah. He's engaged to her. They're going to be married within the next year. She was like, oh, that is so cool. How do you know Mark so well? Is he here at the conference with you? I said, no, he's not. I said, I've never met him. 
And then she looked at me a little concerned, like, are you a private eye? Are you, are you like a government agent? And she said, well, then if you've never met him, how do you know so much about him? I said, that's what I believe about him. And she looked at me and she said, what? I said, I've never met him. I don't know a thing about him, I, but that's what I believe about him. And I said, you just sat here and told me for the last 10 minutes about this Jesus that doesn't exist because I know him. I said, the Jesus you're telling me about, you can't find him in scripture. The one sitting at the right hand of God is not the one you just shared with me. And this is exactly what Paul is saying to this Corinthian church. Are you basically believing in a knockoff Jesus? Okay. He's invisible. We can make him however we want to make him. And so what was creating their belief is what the illustrious teachers were teaching them because they were believing whatever they heard. So he said, you happily put up with what anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus. So now look at his statement. He said, I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. Now, this is the key statement. You know, there are people that really want an authentic relationship with Jesus. And so Paul said, the way I presented you was as a chaste bride for, to Jesus. Now, there is something to this statement. If you look all through scripture, God uses marriage to illustrate his relationship with me, with us. If you look in the Old Testament, God says, your creator is your husband. If you look at the New Testament, Jesus is called the groom, we're called the bride, right? If you look what Paul says in Ephesians 5, can we put that up there? Ephesians 5, Paul said, a man's going to leave his father and mother, and he's going to be joined to his wife, and the two are going to become one. But look what he says. This is actually an illustration. Okay, Tommy Barnett was not the first one that came up with illustrated sermons. Amy Simmery Pearson was not the first one that came up with, God actually came up with the illustrated sermon. God says that a marriage between a man and a woman, isn't this amazing? Something we see every single day. The marriage between a man and a woman illustrates the way the church and Jesus are one. Now, with that illustration in mind, I want you to watch this short video our team made. Okay, watch this. So they taught you how to fold the napkins. Yes. Oh, wow. I actually, believe it or not, I know how to fold the uh, Sydney Opera House. I don't believe you. No, no, I really do. I, I, I can totally show you. Stop. I'm very excited. Oh, good evening. Oh, good evening. Have you... Um, Dined with us before? Yes, actually, this is our favorite restaurant. Welcome back. No, babe, I'm pretty sure we've never been here before. No, that's weird. Really? Yeah, no, no, we haven't. Oh, hold that thought just one second. I'm really, really sorry. Oh, no problem. So what would you like to order this? Oh, yes, sir. So you know what? I think I would like to have that salmon. That that sounds absolutely wonderful. That's one of my favorites. Oh, great. Yeah, you'll like that. And for you, ma'am? Oh, um, I will have the filet mignon and the New York strip and the eight ounce sirloin, all medium rare, please. Yes, that is a great choice. <laughs> Thank you. I will get those right out to you. <laughs> Babe, that's, that's kind of a lot of food, isn't it? I'm not just ordering for one, you know. Wait, are you, are you telling me that we're, are we expecting? Yeah, he'll be here soon. It's a boy? Oh my God. Yeah, of Oh my gosh, course. babe, okay, uh, this has gotta be. There he is the... now. Wait, Hi. What? Oh, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> I ordered for you. Oh, thank you, you know me so well. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, do you, do, do you two know each other? Do you yeah, guys... he is my boyfriend from high school. Your, your boyfriend from? High school. 
Can I ask you what your boyfriend's doing? Did I come at a bad time? No! I really don't see the problem here, Justin. Yeah, I really don't see the problem here. Okay, who are you? Honey, stop. You're embarrassing me. I just wanted us to have one nice night at our favorite restaurant. Okay, first of all, I've never been to this restaurant. And, and second, what is going on? Hey, babe, sorry I'm late. Did I miss anything? Okay, seriously? Hey, you, right, you, you take your hand off her and you, what is going on? Just sit down, it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> Angela, is this, is this some kind of joke? Are you, are you actually seeing these guys? Justin, I've known these guys longer than I've known you. Wait, what? Are you seriously jealous right now? Jealous? Angela, in case you forgot, we're married. Okay, and we spend the majority of our time together. I, I love you more than any of my other boyfriends. That's why you'll always be my favorite. Your, your favorite? Is, is there anyone else I need to know about? Babe, is there a problem over here? Okay, really, the waiter? No, Dennis. All right, seriously, no. Good, food will be waiting. Uh, okay, so Angela, much. Angela, all right. These guys need to go. We need to talk. We're done. I cannot believe this. You are being so selfish. Selfish? Why do you always have to make everything about you? You ruined our favorite restaurant. <sighs> Excuse me. Yeah, I've still never been to this restaurant. All right, I think you, think you see what's been going on here, right? I think you get the point. So let me ask you a question, and I really want you to think about this before I ask it, all right? Think deep. How many of you would want to be married to somebody like that? Let me see a show of hands. Come on, put them up. Come on, guys, she's gorgeous. I mean, she's got a great personality. Why is nobody raising their hand? Okay, can I answer the question of why none of you are raising your hand? Because even though he is her favorite, even though she loves him more than any of the other old boyfriends, even though she spends the majority of her time with him, she still has a place for those other guys in her heart. So her loyalty is divided. Now, you would never marry a bride or a groom like that. What makes you think Jesus is coming back for a bride like that? If you believe that Jesus has come back for a bride like that, you're as deceived as she is. He is coming back for a bride that has given herself to him the way he gave himself to her. Make no mistake about it. See, when a girl puts on a white dress and walks down an aisle and the wedding march is playing and she's walking down that aisle in front of all of her friends, She's actually making a pretty strong, strong statement. You know what she's saying? She's saying goodbye to about 3.9 billion guys. This is the one and only man. In other words, I'm breaking up with all old boyfriends, not going to establish any new relationship. This is the one and only man I'm giving my entire heart and life to. Well, if you look at what Paul says to this church, this church, he says, many of you have not given up 
your old sins, your old boyfriends. Are you seeing this? Can, can you bring that back down? You've, you've not given up your old boyfriends. Look at this. You have not repented. Everybody say repented. Oh my gosh, I just cussed in church. I used a four-letter word nobody wants to hear. You have not repented of your impurity, your sexual immorality, and your eagerness for lustful pleasures. What is the root problem here? They had not repented of their old boyfriends. In other words, broken up with them. Okay, if you look at James, James addresses the same thing with Christians. 15 times in the book of James, he says, my brethren, my brothers and sisters, listen to what he says to them. Clean sin out of your lives. What is that? Repentance. We're going to talk about that. He said, purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So let's talk about this word that we don't like to hear. Now, first of all, let's address it. Why don't we like to hear the word repentance? I will tell you why. Because in the past, mean-spirited, legalistic preachers who don't even like people, they should have been teaching math or science, to be honest with you, not the Bible. But they use this word to beat us up and control us to the behavior they wanted. So what happened is we recoil when we hear the word repentance. We don't want to hear it. But can I say, as a Catholic boy that got saved and gave his life to Jesus in his fraternity in college, in all my studies, I have found that repentance is one of the most beautiful words in the New Testament other than the name of Jesus. So let's, let's, let's deal with the elephant in the room, okay? First of all, repentance is a gift. Okay? God does not give his kids... Binding, constricting gifts. So you got to get that through right there. It's a gift from God, okay? Now, it is the Greek word metanoiae. It's found over 50 times in the New Testament, okay? This word, when you hear it, don't think of Old Testament repentance. It's not sackcloth, ashes, and hunger strikes, okay? That's not repentance. It means, this is the pure definition of metanoiae, a change of mind. That's what it means, a change of mind. Now, if I leave it there, we're not going to get the full power of this, state, of this word. Because how many of you know I can change my mind but not be fully persuaded? Come on, talk to me. Say, say something, right? Okay, so I love what Baker's Encyclopedia does. Baker's Encyclopedia brings it deeper. It says it's a change in the whole personality. So repentance just isn't a change of mind. It penetrates to the soul. It penetrates to your will, your emotions, and even to the heart. It is when we are fully persuaded at the core of our being about something. Are you seeing this? This is why Jesus makes the statement. He says, from the heart, everybody say, from the heart, come evil thoughts. Oh, isn't that interesting? Murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, and lying. So if repentance is just a change of mind, Jesus would have said, from the mind come all these things. Are you seeing this? All right, now, I went to the Lord and I said, God, this word has been so maligned, so, so misused. I need the simplicity of what repentance is. Okay, because I know the wisdom of God is simple. A third grader can get it. A second grader can get it. And the spirit of God spoke to me. He said, son, this is, this is the difference. An unrepented person, the word of God is optional to them. 
Okay, so because the unrepentant person says at the core of their being, I choose what is good, best, and right for my life. See, Eve chose what was good. You know, Adam and Eve didn't jump in bed, or I should say, Adam didn't jump in bed with a prostitute in the garden. He just simply disobeyed God. He chose to choose what was best for his life. God said, it'll make you die. I'm your creator. I know. I know what makes you and breaks you. And Adam said, I know what's good for me. Okay, so the unrepentant person the word of God is optional. Now, the person who's truly repented, listen carefully, the word of God is final authority. Yeah. So the person who's truly repented, this is what they say at the court of their being, I choose, I choose what God says is good, best, and right for my life. Okay, why do they do that? Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm a typical dad. I got four boys. You saw that. When my boys were toddlers, how many of you dads know this? Christmas is a work day, <laughs> right? Right? They rip open the gifts, and guess who's got to assemble everything? It's me. So I am the typical dad. I rip open the box, throw the pieces on the floor, throw the box and the manual over in the corner, and I build it. I spend an hour building it, and when I'm finished building it, there's still 10 pieces on the floor. So then I go switch the switch, and I go to turn it on, and what happens? It doesn't work! So what do I have to do? I have to go get the owner's manual. I have to deconstruct this toy, rebuild it the way the manual said to build it. And oh my goodness, I turned it on and it worked. So God is our creator. He gave us a manual. It's called the Bible, okay? And he says, this is what's going to make you and I know what undoes you. But you undo you when you think you know more than me. Good preaching. Now, if you, if, you look, if you look at this video, now if you look at this video, there's something strange about this video and I had our team make it this way on purpose. What's strange? Did you notice that she was just as shocked by his behavior as he was by hers? Come on, talk to me. I mean, she's the one that accuses him of being selfish, making everything about him. She's the one saying, I can't believe it, you're jealous right now? Why are you being so selfish, right? She's the one that actually gets up and leaves the table. Okay, now I'm going to ask a question. Think with me. How could you ever have a scenario like that in real life? How could you ever have a scenario like that? There's only one way. One way. That if the people in Angela's life, what do I mean by the people? Her family, her friends, her teachers, never once told her that in order to enter a marriage covenant, you have to break up with your old boyfriends. You cannot bring them into your marriage covenant. If they never told her that, she's going to be angry at him for not celebrating her life. I mean, this is my life, my history. Don't you love me? I spend most of my time with you. Well, when I look at the way we presented Jesus in the church, okay, I'm talking to the Western church. We sell him, we sell him like a used car salesman. Now, if you're, if you're a saved used car salesman, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about an unsaved used car salesman, okay? You, 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 walk, you walk out in the lot and the guy goes, oh, you are an upstanding citizen. Our nation needs more people like you. Oh my gosh, you deserve the best deal out here. And you're sitting there going, my wife doesn't even talk this nice to me. Yeah, that's because your wife loves you. But anyway, he just, he just wants to flatter you and stab you in the back and take your money. So, so we sell Jesus. We preach the goodness of God for 35 minutes. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have to preach the goodness of God because the goodness of God leads men and women to repentance. But we do it in a salesy way. And then we get done with our sales speech 
And we say, are you away from God? Do you want to be a part of the family of God? If that's you, just raise your hand. Owen, come on down, come on down. And they come down. We say, Jesus, pray this with me. Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Hey, you're a Christian now. We never said one word about repentance. Not one word. So, so what did we just do? We just created a bunch of Justin and, and or excuse me, a bunch of Angela's. Now, is, 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 that, is that the way Jesus preached? Is that the way Jesus preached? Well, let's look at it. Let, oh gosh, I got off out of my place again. Okay, here we go. All right, first words out of Jesus' mouth publicly. First words, ready for this? Matthew 4, 17, Jesus began. Everybody say began. began. To preach, repent of your sins. Break up with your old boyfriends. Turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. You know what he's saying? In order, the only way you could turn to God in a covenant is to repent of your sins. Yes. Now notice he began, did he continue? Well, let's look at just a couple others. Matthew 11, then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he'd done so many of his miracles because they hadn't, watched this, repented of their sins and turned to God. Wow. Let's go to Luke 13. You will perish too, Jesus said, if you don't, oh my goodness, repent of your sins and turn to God. Wow. All right, how about the disciples? Okay, we're all watching The Chosen right now. <laughs> okay, he sends the disciples out after a, an extended time of training them and imparting his heart into them, right? Yes. The first time the disciples go out, what do they do? Mark 6, 12. So the disciples went out telling everyone, yep. not 90% of the people, yep. they, that, they met, that they met to repent of their sins yes. and turn to God. Yep. Interesting. How about the rich guy in hell? How many of you know in hell you do not have to put up a facade? Right? right? Yes. The rich man in hell says to Father Abraham, the rich man said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to my five brothers from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. Isn't it interesting? The guy in hell knows more than some of our preachers today in America. I mean, this is crazy. Okay, so how about after Pentecost? Okay, new birth reality. What happens then? Day of Pentecost, three thousands of people want to get saved. They bought the ticket for the conference. You got what I'm saying? Yeah. They want to be there. They want to get saved. Right. Peter says, each of you must. I don't, he doesn't say I highly recommend. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's for the crowd that wanted to get saved. Are you seeing a pattern? Yes. Okay, okay, John, but Paul the Apostle, he got the big revelation. Oh, did he? Look what Paul said. I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all of Judea, and then to all the Gentiles, that includes us, that all must, not strongly suggested, must repent of their sins, turn to God, and prove they've changed by the good things they do. Wow. How about God the Father? Let's just go, let's go straight there. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands. He doesn't re recommend. He doesn't highly suggest. He commands everyone everywhere, that covers Orange County, to repent of their sins and turn to him. What is the biblical truth that is so clear in all of this? There is no genuine faith in Jesus Christ unless there is repentance. Okay, look at the foundation of our faith. 
Hebrews 6 tells us the foundations of a relationship with God. What's the first foundation? Come on, what's the first foundation? Repentance from dead works. What's the next foundation? Faith in God. In other words, your foundation of faith in God is not a foundation. It's not even existent if there's not the first foundation of the repentance from dead works. So in other words, you now have a counterfeit faith and counterfeit faith doesn't work. Just like counterfeit money doesn't work. So what happens is you get a knockoff Jesus. So what happens is you now have given this person a supposed Jesus and the supposed knockoff Jesus doesn't answer prayers. He doesn't change our nature or character. He doesn't fulfill his promises. He doesn't manifest his presence. So now we get disgruntled and we leave and it's about 40 million plus of us. All because we tried to broaden the message and make it easier for people to come in. So we introduced them to a fake Jesus. You might as well sleep in on Sunday mornings. Enjoy this life because that's the fullest you're going to get. So what is, what is in the core core of a person who's truly repented? I will no longer live as the judge of what is best for me. From this moment forward, this is a person who's repented. I will embrace whatever God says is best for me, even if I don't get it. Now, I want to protect you from legalism because I hate legalism with a passion. Okay? Let, let's just do a scenario. Day of Pentecost. You got a guy and a girl, they're living together, right? And they repent and they embrace Jesus Christ as their Lord. Next couple of months, they're still living together. Oh, they didn't really repent. Yeah, they did. They repented. But two months later, Pastor Peter gets up and he preaches Hebrews 13, verse 3. Now, I know it's not written at the time, but I'm just doing this, okay? And he gets up and says, the marriage bed is undefiled, right? But those that commit adultery and have sex before marriage shall be judged by God. That's Hebrews 13, 3. And a man looks at the girl and goes, whoa, did you hear that, babe? She goes, yeah. He said, either we're getting married today or I'm moving out. It's not, well, babe, let's, 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 let's process this. Let's go talk to our friends about this. 90 per, 90%, 90% of people are living together before they get married. Let's process this. So nobody's getting up and preaching anything about morality anymore because we're all scared. Because we got no fear of God and no backbone. So we're not talking about sexual immorality and we're letting people go headlong into it and we're no longer the standard. Oh, well, 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 John, maybe, 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 maybe they'll get it after, after a year or two. How are they going to get it if the goal is just to get them back the next week so you never ever say anything about it? It's not working. We're just creating more angelists, more and more angelists who are not experiencing the presence of God, promises fulfilled, because they, they're like, this, 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 this is just religion. And I can sleep in on Sunday mornings. Sure is quiet in this Methodist church right now. Okay, now let, let me ask, let me ask, did, did, Jesus, did, you, did Jesus preach like this? Can, can you guys put this back up again? I'm so sorry. Did Jesus preach like this? Did, huh, did Jesus preach like this? Okay, huh? Let's, okay, all right, let, let's talk about it. How many of you remember the rich young ruler? Yeah, anybody ever read about the rich young ruler? Put, put your hand up high. I want to make sure I'm talking. Oh, good, y'all read it. Okay, all right, so can you help me? Your name is Ethan, right? Ethan, stand right here. Okay, e Ethan, you're going to be Jesus because I like that beard, okay? 
Okay, okay, guess, guess who that makes me? <laughs> okay, so how many of you can see the rich young ruler? He gets out of his, uh, you know, uh, his Maserati chariot. He's got his Armani robe on. He's got his Rolex sundial watch. He's got his homies around him. And he kind of comes up to Jesus with a little bit of arrogance and goes, so what do I do to get saved? Now remember, this is the richest guy in the whole community. So what do I do to get saved? Hey, hey, get rid of that, get rid of that. Y'all are so good, you're ahead of me. Way to go. All right, how many of you can see that? Let me see your hands. Put your hands up high. Come on, be honest. How many of you can see that? No, 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 let's read it. You already saw it. Put it up, put it up. Look, now as he was going, now as Jesus was going out on the road, one came running and knelt. This is what happened. Good teacher, what do I do to get eternal life? What do I do to get saved? Would you please tell me what do I do to get saved? That's what happened. Read it. Yeah. Okay, how many of you have ever had that happen in Orange County? You'd faint. The guy would have to revive you and say, hey, I want to get saved. Don't faint. So would you say he's got a desire to get saved? Come on. Desire's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah, she may have a desire to get married to him, but if she's not going to break up with her old boyfriends, I don't think he's going to enter into a covenant relationship. Let's just talk about the earth. Yes. So Jesus names the commandments 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 in the Ten Commandments, all dealing with relationship with one another. This guy is not only rich, he's not only a leader, but he's moral because he's kept all those commandments. He's not stolen, he's not murdered, he's not coveted, he's not on and on and on, right? Jesus leaves out commandments one, two, three, and four because it deals with our relationship with God. Because Jesus knows there's an issue there. Well, the guy says, I've, I've kept all those commandments you just named. And what does Jesus say to him? Look at this. Look at this. Then Jesus looked at him, looked at him, loved him. Do you know this is the only person in all four gospels that Jesus looks at and loves him before he speaks? You will not find it with any other human being. I, I thought John the Apostle, Jesus loved him. It doesn't say Jesus looked at John and loved him. He looks at this guy and loves him. He says, you lack something. You got a boyfriend in your life. Your boyfriend is money. Now with other people, it's social media. What do th people think about me? And maybe their TV series they're really enjoying with lewdness on it. You know, it could be anything. Okay, so Jesus says, there's a boyfriend, and that boyfriend, I can't enter a covenant with you if you got this boyfriend. Right. You have an unhealthy love for money. Wow. So, so for a lot of people today, it's an unhealthy love of what do people think about me. Right. It's an unhealthy love for gossip. Yes. So Jesus goes right to the heart and says, there's a boyfriend you got to break up with before we can enter in a marriage covenant. He says, so go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, take up the cross and follow me. You know what the Bible says? When the man heard it, now, now, now I'm Jesus, okay. Now in the illustration, he turns around and walks away sad and sorrowful. Look sad and look sorrowful. And don't move, don't move, just stay there. Look sad and sorrowful. All right, let's look at the scripture. Okay, stay there, don't move. Everybody read this. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful. So he comes excited. He slides to his knees to get saved. After Jesus gets done preaching, he goes away sad and sorrowful. Now I'm in prayer one day and the Holy Spirit said, son, can I show you what Jesus didn't do? Jesus didn't go, wait, 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 come here, come here, come here. Okay, 
the book of Proverbs, the word of God. Chapter 19, verse 17. He who lends to the poor gives to the, or he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord and that which he has given the Lord will repay him. Do you understand? I told you to sell and give it to the poor. Do you understand? I am setting you up for a blessing. Do you understand? And it's going to be a hundred times as much. Hey, he told Jesus, he told Peter that right after the guy leaves. Hundred times. Hundred times. That scripture's in the Bible. Why doesn't Jesus go and grab him? And the Lord, and I said, God, why didn't, why didn't you, why didn't Jesus do that? And, G, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, because I never use the blessings, the perks, the benefits to entice people to follow me. Stay with me. He, go, he, just, he just goes, Peter, follow me. He doesn't say, follow me and I'll give you health. Follow me and I'll give you peace. Follow me and I'll give you joy. Oh, I'm sorry. He made one promise. I'll make you a fisher of men. But it was follow me because of who I am. Because who I am is so much greater than anything else you could ever desire. Come on. Thank you. You're big help. Okay. Now, hold it. Hold it. Can you imagine the next day the board calls an emergency meeting of the church? They call Pastor Jesus in. Jesus. This guy's the wealthiest guy in the whole county. Do you understand? He's a billionaire. Do you understand that we could have had five campuses? Do you understand our outreaches? One stroke of the check, and he's covering every outreach and every campus we need to build. We have been working on him for six months. He was actually excited about coming to the service. But after you got done preaching, Jesus, why did you have to go straight to the money thing? He's on a journey. Can't we deal with this after a year or two? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's, let's go there. Let's go there. Okay, let's go there. Why doesn't he deal with the money? Well, I mean, why doesn't he let the guy go on a journey like we call today? I mean, he's an alpha candidate. Come on. Now, I love alpha. Don't get me wrong, but don't tell, lie to people and tell them they're saved when they're not. Okay, so let's go there. Why, do, why does Jesus go right to the money thing? Why does he go right to the heart of it? Because Jesus cares more about how people finish than how they start. Because Jesus knows if I don't address this boyfriend, down the road maybe a few years, money's going to say go this way. The word of God's going to say this way. I'm going to go the way of the boyfriend while I still call Jesus my Lord. And now I'm deceived. Today, we just want to get butts in the seat. We just want people to pray a prayer. We want to get them back the next week. We want to inspire them and not preach them the word of God that will change their life. So in essence, Jesus really cared about people because of how they're going to finish, not how they're starting. You still with me? All right, how about the Apostle Paul? Did he preach this way? Did the Apostle Paul preach this way? Oh, yeah. Look at this. Okay, there, uh, help me out. I, I know I'm not, I'm not there right now. I've lost my place. Okay, a few days later, Felix. Now, let me tell you about Felix. He's rich and he's a leader. Can't, all right, a few days later, Felix came back with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. 
sending for Paul. So these guys really want to hear. They listened to him as he told them about faith in Jesus Christ. As he reasoned with them about righteousness and self-control and the coming day of judgment. Oh, great first time message, Paul. <laughs> righteousness, which means godly living. Yeah. Like get rid of your beliefs that society is propagating right now. Self-control, give your sexuality to the Lordship of Jesus. And the coming day of judgment. Great message, Paul. What has happened? Felix became frightened. So Paul's pre preaching frightens the man who wanted to hear him. You say, John, are you angry? Yeah, but not at you. I'm angry at how many people are being pulled away from the faith. I deeply care. Enough to say something. Probably enough to get people so angry at me they can spit. But it's not because I'm angry at any person. I'm angry at what's being taught. I'm, you, know, you know, here's the thing. I turned 64 this year. <laughs> You just, once you're over 60, you don't care anymore. I couldn't care less if I don't get invited to half the churches in the U.S., although I do care because these people really need to hear it. And unfortunately, if the leaders say we don't want that message, they're keeping people from the kingdom of God. Go away now, he, he replied. When it's more convenient, I'll call for you. Paul made a statement to Timothy. This is the last book of the Bible he wrote on earth. Ready for this? He said, Timothy, you should know this, that in the last days, everybody say last days, there will be very difficult times. Okay, hold on. What? Do you understand Paul was beaten with rods three times? Why did they beat people with rods? I remember when I shot a nail into my middle bone of my middle finger, accidentally. I was in such excruciating pain. I, could, I bruised my bone. I couldn't move my finger for eight weeks. I said to a medical person, I said, is this going to be like this for the rest of my life? So they said, no, you bruise your bone. It's excruciating pain. I mean, like tear jerking pain, right? They, they would beat them with rods to bruise their bones. So they'd live in that kind of pain for eight weeks. Five times he's put on a whipping post where they stretch them up nice. So they're dangling by their tiptoes. So when the whip with lead tips and bone in it comes across their back, it splits open their back like a warm knife through butter. Five times. Can you imagine the fifth time they're stri stringing him up? Five times. Once he was stoned, given up for dead. Now he looks at my day and calls it difficult. I don't get it. What makes my day so difficult, Paul? He said people will be, watch this, self-centered, this is from four translations. Self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, unthankful, self-promoting. Let's talk about Instagram. Unthankful, crude in course. They will do foolish things without thinking. They'll be disobedient to parents. They'll be loose in morals and conduct. Addicted to lust, pornography. 67% of the men that go to churches look at pornography on a regular basis. They refuse to forgive. Every time I preach on forgiveness, 70 to 80% of the people respond. Yeah. 
gossipers and slanders. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more than lovers of God. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. Weren't people like that in Paul's day? Oh yeah, just go to, just, just go to, uh, what's the volcano that blew up? Pompeii. Just go to Pompeii. I mean, they have brothels where you picked your man or your woman, which you, I mean, okay, they're like that in his day. So Paul, I don't get it. You're whipped, you're beaten, you're stoned. What's making my day more difficult? Why do you write and say it's going to be very difficult? Because of the next statement. He said, these people will act as if they serve God, but they reject the power that could make them godly. They're going to invent a grace. They're going to invent a grace that says you can stay in your ungodliness, keep all your boyfriends, and still be saved too. That they're going to reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from these people, for they have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. They believed in a Jesus who doesn't exist, a knockoff Jesus. Are you still with me? Paul said it to Titus this way. He said, such people claim they know Jesus, they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. All right, so let's go straight to Jesus' words and I'll close. Jesus makes this statement. I, he said, you can identify people by their actions. Okay, this was said so many times when my boys were in high school. Because my oldest two are in Christian high schools, most dangerous place on earth, I think, sometimes. Okay, why? Because there's pastor's daughters doing blowjobs in the, in, in, in the, in the stairwells, they're, and they're, they're coming home telling me about all this, right? And so it, I, I, I got to, it got to be a broken record. I'd look at my sons almost every night and say, guys, how do you know they're truly Christian? Yeah. Is it because they listen to Delirious? <laughs> no, Dad. Is it because they got a Christian T-shirt? No, dad. Is it because their dad's a pastor? No, dad. Is it because their dad's an elder in the church? No, dad. Is it because they've gone to church for 20 years? No, dad. How do you know they're believers, guys? By their actions, dad. I had to keep saying it and saying it with the reports I got every night, saying it, and because my kids love talking to us. Because Lisa and I always fostered conversation. We're like open conversation. You never get in trouble for anything if you have open conversation with us, right? Yeah, you might get disciplined, but it'll be good for you, okay? No, 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 not time. Not time yet. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll tell you when I need you, okay? Thank you. And, 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 and listen, whoa, 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 whoa. It's my fault, not yours, because I didn't tell you. So it's my fault. I'm so sorry. Okay, just stay there, though. I'd love to have you around. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so. So I, I, would, I, would, I would say that. I would say to my kids every night, how do you know them? By their actions, Dad. Do you know what? Four of our, all four sons have worked for our ministry for nine years at least. Three of them are still working for us. One started his own business doing great. Okay? And that's because I told him if he didn't resign, I was going to fire him because his heart wasn't there. His heart was in the business world. And he loved us so much he wanted to stay with us. Okay? Another story. All right? Jesus said we're going to know. Now, look what James says. A lot of people don't see this, but look what James says. He, he reflects what Jesus says. He says this. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. That, that's New Testament. I don't know what you're going to do with that. All right, so Jesus says this. Watch this now. Watch this. Not everyone. Now, these are, these are Jesus' words. They're red. Not everyone who calls out to me, not Muhammad, not Buddha, not Hare Krishna. 
me, Jesus Christ. Now everyone calls out to me, Lord, Lord. Now why is Lord written twice? Because when a Hebrew writer wrote to emphasize the word, they'd write it twice. In English today, we boldface it, we italicize it, we all cap it like I do with some of my emails to my staff, okay? (laughs) Jesus, or the writers of the New Testament or Hebrew writers back in those days would write the word twice. So if you're Matthew sitting on the Sermon on the Mount and you hear this, Jesus said, hey guys, not everybody who calls me Lord is gonna enter the kingdom of heaven. So emphasis is placed on Lord. And it's Jesus, not Muhammad. So what Jesus says here just blew away our sinner's prayer. Not everybody who prays the sinner's prayer is gonna enter the kingdom of heaven. We could say it like that. Okay, so when I, when I see not everybody calls Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, first thing that comes up to me is, then who's going? Who is going to enter into heaven? He tells us, next statement, only those who actually do the will of my Father. Okay, John, that's works. No, it's not. It's evidence. How do I know there's power in a socket? Uh, electrical socket. Look, if I put a knife into an electrical socket and you are not doing my funeral three days later, that means there was no power in that socket. The evidence that there is power in the socket means you're doing my funeral in three days. What Jesus is saying is the true evidence that somebody's nature has changed because of new birth, regeneration, because of repenting of their sins and turning to God, is that they're going to delight in doing my commands. You still with me? Okay, then he says, many, many, okay, on judgment day, many, everybody say many. Many. Greek word there for many literally means majority, over 50%. Many are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, in your name, we spoke God's message. We bashed demons and our God-sponsored projects had people talking everywhere. So they're passionate about the message. They're invested in the message. They're invested in the mission. Now, let me say this. To be a true Christian, you have to be invested in the mission. You have to be passionate about the message. So what makes the difference? Go ahead. Go to the next one. But I will reply, I never knew you. The word knew is the Greek word genisco, which means I never intimately knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws and... The actual translation is you who practice lawlessness. In other words, it's not that you didn't slip here and there. There is forgiveness. I don't care if you slip. God says, I'll bury your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. But what does it mean to practice? It means I developed this grace that basically says I can live like the world and enjoy heaven one day too. That's the person that practices lawlessness. In the late 1980s, God gave me a vision. I think it's probably one of the few visions I've had in my life thus far. I'll never forget it. I saw an ocean of people. You couldn't see the end. There were so many people. Behind me was Jesus, the gates, and the city. I did not see the gates. I did not see Jesus. I did not see the city but I knew they were there. Every one of these people had come professing Jesus Christ to be their Lord. 
Everyone expected Jesus to say, enter into the joy of the Lord. And I heard the words come from behind me. I don't know who you are. I've, I've never known you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What God let me see is the excruciating agony and shock on their faces. You talk about faces contorting. You talk about teeth being grinded. And God put a passion in my heart on that very day, not for the lost on the streets only, but for the lost in the church. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to see anybody hear those words that's been under my watch. And I think that if we get a bunch of pastors and a bunch of leaders that have that same attitude, it says, I don't care if you don't like what I'm preaching, I'm going to preach the word of God. We can avert this disaster. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. Now you can help me. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I've preached what you've commanded me to preach. And I thank you so very much. Holy Spirit, you're so faithful. Thank you that you love us so much. You allow us to hear these words, words of life. Thank you for loving us that much. Thank you for not letting us, allowing us to live in deception because you care so deeply for us. If you're in here this morning, can you just please be honest? You can fool the person sitting next to you, but why would you ever want to fool yourself? There's conviction here right now. What? Believe me, there's conviction. And you know, you can ignore that conviction. You'll go home later today and that conviction will go away, but the only thing is your heart will be harder. That's why the Bible says right now, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Whenever the spirit of God brings conviction, you're never gonna be the same. You're either gonna become harder or you're gonna be changed forever. So I'm asking you to please be honest with yourself and not lie to yourself. Are you an Angela? Have you basically embraced a relationship, a quote relationship with a savior that's really not real? Have you done what that bride does? Have you made the decision to break up with anything that would offend? You know, it's interesting. He gave himself 100% for you. He was beaten. He was shamed. He was betrayed. He was slandered. He was lied about. He had his beard plucked out. He was punched in the face. He was spit on. He had thorns shoved into his skull. The whip going across his back 40 times. And then nails driven into him and bled every drop of blood out. He knew he was going to do it before he came because he's the creator of the universe. He did it because he gave himself fully to you. Have you given your life to him? You know, my wife, I've never... We've been married 41 years. I've never ever thought when I'm overseas, she's cheating on me because my wife fears God and she made a covenant with me and I've never thought about it twice. Now, did, has Lisa made mistakes? Oh my gosh, you better believe it. She doesn't do it on purpose. 
Have I, I made many more mistakes, but we're talking about a bride right now, not a groom. <laughs> Her few mistakes that she's made didn't mean we didn't have a relationship. It was the fact that she said goodbye to every boyfriend and she had 11 guys that wanted to marry her before me. And she said, I am cutting off everything with all men except for this man named John Bevere. Now I'm gonna ask you, have you done that with Jesus? Is this word optional to you? Or is it final authority? Because you delight in doing what he commands. If you haven't, chances are you've believed in a knockoff Jesus and I wanna introduce you to the real Jesus today. So that's the decision you need to make right now. I'm breaking up with every old sin and I'm giving myself completely to him. If that's you and you say, John, truth be told, truth be told, John, I've not done what that bride does, but I wanna do it right now. Then stand up if that's you. Stand up quickly. Or I should say, make sure you count the cost and break up with all the boyfriends, then stand up. I'm waiting, many people have stood up, but there's a lot more. I know it, and I'm gonna wait because you're worth the wait. Yes, ma'am, thank you. Yes, sir, thank you. People are standing right now. Stand up, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, more are standing. I'm gonna give you time, I'm gonna give you time. You figure out right now if it's worth breaking up with that boyfriend. Figure it out, figure it out. I'm gonna give you the time to figure it out. Is Jesus worth breaking up with that boyfriend? Yes, sir, I'm so proud of you. Anybody else? Anybody else? A lot of people standing, but I wanna make sure nobody's missed. Yes, ma'am, yes, sir, thank you. More people are standing. I'm not going to rush this. Yes, sir, thank you. Yes, ma'am, thank you. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am, I'm so proud of you. Anyone else? Anyone else? I wanna make sure, I, I sense there's like one or two more and I don't wanna miss you. I don't wanna rush this because the conviction won't be there this afternoon. Yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Okay, this is what, yes, ma'am, I'm so proud of you. Yes, ma'am, I'm so proud of you. Okay, this is what I want you to do. All of you that are standing, every single one of you that are standing, is there anyone else? I still feel like there's one more. Yes, thank you, ma'am. All right, this is what you're gonna do. Give the promise rings back, break them up with the old sins, break up with them, whatever. The, yeah, I preached one message, but, but, but it was heard 800 different ways. Break up, break up with the boyfriends. Leave them at your seat and bury it. Leave the promise rings there. When you do, and it's not gonna take you long because you already made the decision by standing up, I want you to head out into the aisle and come all the way down to the front, right where I'm at, because I wanna pray for you and I want you to give them a big hand as they come. Come on, give them a hand. Come on. Hey, I'm so proud of you. No, 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 stand up, stand up, stand up. I want you to stand, is that okay? Is that all right? I'm so proud of you. Come on, come on, come close, come close, come close. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of you. Come on, there's a lot of room. Let them in here, in here. Come on, come on in. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm, I am, hey, look at me. I'm so proud of you. Every, every single one of you guys, I'm so proud of you. Come on, come on. Hey, why do some of you have such sad looks on your face? 
This is like the greatest decision you've ever made. Do you understand? You got it? Okay, like, 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 look, look. Like, can, can, can you see a bride walking in with her wedding dress on going, oh my gosh. This is the greatest day of your entire life. You got it? Okay, so, hey, look at me. You're about to become my bro, and you're about to become a son of the king of the whole universe. What's your, what's your name, what's your name? Josh, Josh you're about to become Prince Josh. Oh my gosh. Are you getting it? Okay, so this is what I wanna do out of reverence for God, because the presence of God is about to come in here. I want us to stand. I want you all to close your eyes. Now, nobody's gonna do anything, don't worry. Okay. Why am I having you close your eyes? Because I want you to open the eyes of your heart. And it's easier to do. And I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to give you a picture of Jesus. Okay, so just close your eyes and just open up the eyes of your heart. Listen, most of you have never seen what you're about to see. So just open the eyes of your heart. Oh my gosh, the Spirit of God's already on people in a beautiful way. We haven't even prayed, it's already happening. His presence is here. Holy Spirit, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh my God, thank you so much. God, he's here. Everybody in this place, put your hands up, he's here. Oh my, 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 he's here. Jesus. 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 Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, give them a glimpse. Show us Jesus. Let us see him. Let us behold him. Dearest master, thank you. Do you see his eyes? First thing I saw, I don't understand it, but I saw his nose, then his eyes. Do you see the eyes? Are they angry? No. They're dancing with joy. So strong, but so full of joy. See the big smile on his face? He's not just smiling, he's, he's actually laughing, smiling. See his arms outstretched? Touch them deeply. Deliver them from evil. Pull it out as they pray. Say this to the one you're beholding right now. Say it to him. Dear Jesus, you are now my Lord, my master and my king. Forgive me for living life my way. Apart from you, my creator. I'm so deeply sorry. And I repent of that. From this moment forward, I give you my spirit, my soul, my body, my entire being, everything I am, everything I have. I give it to you. There's his presence right there. 
Thank you, Jesus. Say this. Thank you, Jesus, for removing my sin and my sin nature as far as the east is from the west. And thank you for putting a brand new nature in me, Father. A nature that's in the exact image and likeness of Jesus. I'm whole. Spirit, soul, and body. I'm whole. Thank you. Now put your hands up one more time and keep your eyes fixed on them in your heart. And now, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to baptize them in your presence, the presence of Jesus. There's his presence right there. He's here. There's his presence right there. Right there. It's getting stronger. He's here. And he's not only touching people up front, he's touching people all over this auditorium. Father, I deliver them in the name of my Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, not my own name, in, in the name of Jesus. Under his authority, I deliver you from addictions. I deliver you from lust. The lust that has driven you in the past will not drive you any longer. Be delivered in the name of Jesus. The urge to gossip, I set you free from it. Renounce it and let it go. The quarreling and the bickering and the strife in your marriage, I command it to cease. There's his presence right there. Husbands and wives, join your hands if that's you. Join your hands. And now the Spirit of God's beginning to move and people's bodies are being healed. Oh, there's souls that are being healed right now. Traumas that occurred in childhood. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of those traumas. And I break the curse that has gone back from generation to generation to generation. And now I see somebody's left knee being completely healed by the, by the power of God. Somebody's left knee, you're, you're, you're completely, you're healed right now. Start moving it. Somebody's intestines just got healed. Your intestines, you have had chronic problems and you are being healed. The fire of God is literally burning through your intestines right now. And then there's somebody, there's other people, there's, there, there's several that, uh, with stomach issues. There are certain foods you've just <coughs> not been able to eat, but now you're going to eat them. You're getting free. Somebody's getting free from migraines. I break the power of that hold off of you. Asthma, I break its power off of you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I command that tumor to die, to shrivel up and die in Jesus' name. Now here's his presence right here. Put your hands up again. Here's his presence one more time. One more time. Whatever it is, he's here. Be like the woman with the issue of blood and grab it. Grab what it is you came for. And you grab it with your faith, just believing he will do it because he's already said he would. There's his presence right there, right there. Father, fill us, fill us, baptize us with the Holy Spirit of the fear of the Lord. 
baptize us in your holy fear. May we love what you love and may we hate what you hate. May we love men and women and children the way you love men and women and children. May we hate the sin that undoes them. There's his presence right there. Now I want you to say something to him. Just thank him. Don't say, don't make it religious. Please just say, I don't care if you say, you're so cool. You're amazing. Say it. Just say it. Jesus, thank you. Father, I thank you for this church, for the walls expanding, for the stakes being strengthened and the cords being lengthened. Thank you for the campus, Lord, the campuses that this church will have in this Orange County area. Thank you, Father. I, I speak what you spoke to me in Mexico. I see, Lord God, multiple campuses. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that many will come to this house and many will find Jesus. Many will find him in oceans. Thank you, Father. For the time is now. Don't say there are still four months and then the harvest will come. Behold, lift up your eyes and look and behold. For the harvest is white. The fields are white. I'm sending you to the lost, to the confused, to the hurting, to those that have been away from me who yearn for me. Don't be dismayed by the looks that you see at times, for they're really hungry. They're really thirsty. Oh yes, the wicked will continue to be wicked. But there are multitudes, says the Lord your God, that are in the valley of decision and they're waiting for you to come and bring the good news, the refreshing good news from the kingdom of God into their lives. So be strong, be bold and courageous, my precious sons and daughters, for the time has come for the harvest to begin, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus, Jesus' mighty name.
you for finishing what you've begun. Complete the work. Yeah, mutafra, mutafra, mist nyakuchyanyakiti. If stomrakata miste hindahista, suta, fringiste bojande vrakuta, monta rikanust hist hankutama stefria kuchate. Barrikastute histe Famrakaniste Jesus 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 fire burn holy fire you are the baptizer not just in your spirit but in holy fire Jesus name now let's give him praise right now let's give him praise Wow. I, 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 hey, um, I, don't want, I don't want you to lie to me, okay? Please don't lie to me. How many of you could sense the presence of God? Let me see your hands. Put them up high. Gosh. Okay, for you down here and for everyone, you know what that's God saying? You are now my girl. And don't you let anybody ever tell you otherwise. You're my son, God's saying. Son, son, daughter, son, do you understand who you're the son of? Like, think about the universe, putting the stars in the universe with his fingers and calling everyone by name, measuring the universe with the span of his hand, he's dad. Son, got it? Daughter, 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 all of you, daughter, 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 son. Got it? Your natural dad, honor him. But now he's your dad, and he'll never let you down. He will never disappoint you. Son, daughter, 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 son, brother. Amen.